I felt ready. I'd learned about how to run a small business. Um, and I, I just thought, I'm going for it. It was Rising Talent Limited. I went for a limited company straight out and just totally went for it. Welcome to the Coaching Life podcast where we peel back the bull crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. One of the challenges I face in selecting guests for this podcast is not just sifting through the many emails I get each week pitching guests who want to pitch their services and that's really not what this podcast is about but also finding guests that are not creating some photoshopped image of their coaching life. Coaches who are just getting on with their work without creating the endless noise we all see on social media. And when I chatted to today's guest, I suggested he was a bit of a unicorn in that respect. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, we've been connected for a while. We were in the same room, at least. I don't think we even conversed, but we were certainly in the same room at a coaching event in London in 2014. And um, yeah, he is what I think what most people would describe as a very successful coach. He's been in the profession for over 20 years, running his own coaching business for, I think, over 16 years and works with executives and various organizations. He's indeed just getting on with his thing. And probably for many aspiring coaches, he's probably living the kind of coaching life that many aspire to. But I don't know much about him. So let's fix that. <laughs> Hello, Tim. Welcome to Coaching Life Podcast. Hello, Phil. Pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. So happy. Like As I said, a unicorn. Maybe, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that, but let's start where we always like to start, just to give the listeners a little bit of backstory about you know, who they're listening to. I guess what would be a good place to start is what got you into coaching and perhaps up to what got you in that in that room in London. Yeah, I, I think if you look at my journey of life, we can split it right in two um, and go to 1990 when I joined a company called Securicore. And it was there I um, was blessed to go on a lot of um, training courses. Uh, so much so that my friends nicknamed me Timmy Training Course. <laughs> and my favorite one was uh, at Ross on Y, which was one of those big uh, three-day events. And it felt life-changing for me. I felt like uh, for the first time that I'd love to do something like the trainers within that, that room. And that, that was when I worked in finance. And, and one of the great um, motivators for me becoming a coach is because I got in the wrong career for me and what type of person I am for 20 years. I was in credit control, okay. asking people for money. Uh, and at Securica, everything changed because I became um, much more of a leader of a team. I had a Greenfield site and I built up a team of 15, handpicked, and it's the best team I've ever worked with in my life. We We were... We were incredible. What they what they achieved was unbelievable, and I just loved um, developing them in, in ways that slightly connected to what we now call coaching, but training, mentoring, and we uh, we had a moment where the uh, FD and the HR director came up to see us, and we, and we we got these incredible results. We've got customers paying in ten days. We cleared out all the old debt. And we thought they were coming to do this great big presentation to the team. And they came up and said, there's no debt anymore. You're all redundant. We're going to transfer everything to Walton on Thames. Ah. So then um, I became a, a recruitment manager and um, helped everybody in my team um, to, to, get, to get a job. And we did so well at that, that me and my uh, wonderful assistant manager, Asunda, um, were chosen to go to Reed's um, recruitment. <laughs> uh, but I also got a job at Marshall's. Um, so they were the two opportunities and Marshall's had mentioned Deming and Dr. W. Edwards Deming and continuous improvement. And that got me interested. So 
fortunately, I went to Marshall's. Um, when I arrived there, they, they were interested in how many training courses I'd been on and said, you've been on 25 courses in five years and I've got a manager here who's been on one course in 25 years. <laughs> so we're going to do loads of training here. So I got another 25 uh, oh. courses. And I think the thing that happened then was I started befriending the consultants and trainers and actually going out for drinks with them and getting to know them. And one of those was um, called uh, Zena Viv Me. And she got me on a NLP course in February 1998 with the police force because she used to work for the police force. So that was a big step up and a big interest. Um, my my, my um, career um, grew from being in charge of uh, six people to 240. Um, and But I was massively just focused on people. There was another director who was focused on process and I was focused on people. And one of the things I did was bring in uh, a gentleman called Brian Main. And uh, Brian Main came to me because I'd been working in one of the offices I ran in Sandy in Bedfordshire. And I'd done some recruitment and re appointed a team leader. And she was very strong, but there was another guy in the team who was very caring and loving. And he, play, he t taught kids um, to coach at football. And I thought, I'll call him team coach. Uh -huh. And that's, so that's how it started, <laughs> crazy thing. And he had, he had the, the gumption to go out and look at coaching online and found somebody called Sangeeta. And I did a session with Sangeeta. He did some sessions with her. And she introduced us to her boyfriend, Brian Main. And he came and worked with the 20 managers uh, and my PA who managed to smuggle herself in um, to do goal mapping and life mapping. And it was during the uh, goal mapping and life mapping session that I created an image of a signpost with um, at a crossroads with footsteps coming away from it. And I wrote something like I'm helping as many people as possible down their chosen path in life. And I was customer, I was head of customer services at that, that time. Um, and I saw it as being some sort of mentoring, which is really interesting, as I'd already used the word coach with someone else. And what happened was uh, within six months, I'd moved into HR and was having conversations with the HR director. And he'd got he'd worked on been on a course called Investment in Excellence. So he understood some of this deeper work. And can I just ask, was that, was that was that moving to HR? By the way, I'm curious here. Was that was that as a result of some reorganisation, or is that something that um, you initiated? Because to me, that's well, like okay, if you've gone from that, you know, head of customer services into moving into yeah. HR, that's a yeah a, a point well, of what note. What happened was I got really interested in this Deming stuff, this continuous improvement stuff, and I was working with a professor in. Uh, quality management called Paul Hollingworth and, and he was somebody else I befriended and that um, became the bigger interest for me um, okay. so I was also going into the works the factories and things and working on continuous improvement hmm. so um, that when when this new HR director came in he had this um, professor in quality management um, uh, talking with him and working for him so that was the link. Um, and they, he, he did some work on classing people and decided I was an enigma. <laughs> so I'm a unicorn and I'm an enigma. So I, I didn't quite, he just didn't see how I fit in. And we, we got talking and he, he offered me this opportunity. We, we, we very much created together with the help of the finance director. It had always been my mentor. And we came up with this idea of being a, uh, an in-house um, full-time performance coach, mm. but he was very keen that it was measured and there was clear results. I was scared of using that title. I, I, one, one regret, I wish I'd taken that title because this was, uh, this will be 2001. Um, and instead we came up with um, this, the standard learning development manager title. And I, I operated under that, but essentially I just became a full-time coach. I started in with two Allens in Falkirk in 
August 2001. Um, and I, all my customers were internal managers and directors. Marshalls, PLC is a big, a big company with lots of sites. Um, so what happened was that I just uh, went on a... Back then, there was something called Newcastle College that a lot of people used to go on. And it was a, a very... I don't know if it was free or, or very reasonably priced um, course. And I took that and got a diploma in performance coaching. Um, and that led to um, me coaching lots of, of the managers and team leaders and what I called rising talent. Around that time, I'd, I'd been on a lot of these other courses and I thought, I'm not really using all, all the stuff that Timmy Training Course, these 50 courses that Timmy Training Course has been on, like, like the NLP. So I created a program rather cornerly called The Four Steps to Success. And I, a bit like Warren Buffett did when he was experimenting with Dale Carnegie's system, he, he measured his own system against Dale Carnegie and went, hey, Dale Carnegie's is better. I'll merge my stuff in with Dale Carnegie's and I'll go that way and became the richest man in the world. <laughs> so I didn't become the richest man in the world, but I did a similar thing because I found that the results, which is what the HR director wanted, were um, more aligned with what the uh, customer sponsor and the client wanted when I used the program. So I started using the program as a lead um, and that's what I did while I was at Marshalls. And the other thing I did was um, they did appoint one of my old team as a training manager, and we ended up training 100 team leaders, managers, and directors in how to coach. Um, so it really started flying in 2003. I was coaching in the morning. I was coaching all afternoon sessions. I could experiment. So sessions were lasting two hours, three hours, four hours. Um, and I was, I was absolutely loving it and watching people get promoted. Um, so what happened was the uh, HR director called me up for a review meeting and said, look, we, we, we need to make some cuts in the company. And we've looked around and no other companies have got this sort of um, executive level performance coach with his power and all the other packages and anything. I haven't got my PA sadly back then, but I got all my other stuff from when I was a, uh, in charge of customer services. So um, we're going to let you go and bring you back as a supplier. Oh. So, so here we go again, another redundancy. And uh, that was it. That was it for corporate life for me. Two redundancies from two companies I absolutely loved that felt like families. I absolutely loved the people in both companies. And, and both times I went home and I, I'll tell you, I cried. I, I was heartbroken. Um, now, they, they, <laughs> he did put me on the exec. Uh, excellence course that I mentioned, the investment in excellence course with Lou Tice. That was sort of my parting gift. And they gave me an outplacement support. And uh, I'd already got a feel for outplacement at Securicore when we had some outplacement support and learned about goals. So I wanted to continue um, coaching. And I, uh, back then, I only saw two avenues. I either join a company that had coaches and consultants or I went solo because I couldn't find another corporate company taking on these um, full-time executive performance coaches so um, I worked on I'd already come up with a title so I'd obviously been thinking about this called First Light which was named after a, a song by Mike Peters of the uh, 80s band The Alarm and First Light Coaching was eventually launched in October of 2004. Uh, but I had been toying with it and playing with it um, up until then. Um, and the other thing I did was I had a, a strategy of going out that I, I created with the outplacement support of going out and meeting someone and saying, I've just been made redundant. I want to go into this new field called coaching. And they said, what's that something to do with Walt, Wallace Arnold buses what, what, what do you mean you know that was the standard joke back then um, and they had to explain what coaching was and and 
people wanted to see you, people wanting to help you. So I said, so I had a, I found out lots of things from really interesting business people and then asked them, can you give me three people to refer me to that I can go to speak to? And I just carried on doing this. And eventually I had inter interviews at Longbridge and Boxwood and Strategy and Management Consultancy. And the, the lady who first taught me to coach was uh, Kate Chamberlain from Fully Equipped. And uh, where I got that light bulb moment of coaching is about asking and listening. I didn't even know that at the beginning. And she said, "What? don't do this. You know, you've got your website. You've got your website and you've got some clients, you know, carry on with it. Anyway, I, 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 I crapped it, basically. It, it's scary when you've been in corporate all mm -hmm. your life, as, as you well know. Um, and I, I joined Stratagem with the concept of, learning as much as possible in the 15 months I was there about how to run a business. And I got to work uh, and mentor on various business uh, schemes, working with things like Business Link. And I knew a bit about the Chamber and Business Link because I'd seen them when I left Marshalls. And I remember going to a meeting and he said, uh, Let, let's talk about what type of business you're in. And I said, well, I'm in, I want to be in a coaching business. He says, right, that's lifestyle. I said, no, I want to be in a coaching business. Yes, yeah, so you want to be in a lifestyle business? No, I want to be in a coaching. Well, it, it, it wasn't a business then. He didn't, he didn't know what I was talking about. So I never looked at it as a lifestyle change because mm -hmm. what I wanted to do was coach. So I had, I had a different mentality to a lot of other people out there. So I would go and meet other coaches at, at um, AC and the uh, events uh, ICF events and things like that, um, the, 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 uh, the large coaching groups. And I would be amazed that they weren't coaching all day because I used to, you know, in 2003, I was coaching all day long. And what, what are you doing? You know, and obviously they're trying to get clients. Um, so I found out about how to sell and learn the ropes at Stratagem. And guess what? I got my hat trick. Um, in uh, January um, 2006, I got called in. The company's been taken over by Enterprise. Are uh, we going to let loads of our consultants go? And you're one of them. And I remember getting under the stairwell in the building and going, yes! <laughs> I, was, I was ready. You know, I'd learned a different thing. I wanted yeah. yeah, very different thing. No tears, just elation. Because uh, I'd learned everything I needed to know. Mm. I felt ready. I'd learned about how to run a small business. Um, and I, I just thought, I'm going for it. It was Rising Talent Limited. I went for a limited company straight out and just totally went for it. And I, I got in um, with a company called um, Polypipe. And that was a connection through Sunder Zito at Marshalls, my assistant, who got me speaking to my ex-boss, uh, guy called Glenn Sabin, who eventually became the COO. And that's how I got in uh, at Polypipe. And I've been there 15 years. So I've been there a long time and worked with lots of the people who are now managers, directors, MDs yeah, yeah. in that business. Yeah. Just listening to you, it does, it sounds like a lot of things seem to fall into place, right? There's mm. a, a path that kind of unfolded ahead of you. But clearly you're playing a role in that. What would you say about, about that? Definitely. Without a doubt. You know, um, I was speaking to um, a guy you've had on the, on the uh, podcast called Dominic uh, Scafidi yesterday, yeah. and he believes in, in this <laughs> synchronicity <laughs> and law of attraction. I mean, the, the day I, um, I finished reading this book, I don't know if you've heard of this, it's somebody called the ultimate coach called mm -hmm. Steve Harbison. I'm sure you have. Um, Cause he was in the room when we met in 2014. Um, the day I finished reading that book, a guy called Phil Goddard got in touch with me and said, do you want to go on the coaching? Line? <laughs> so, yeah. and, and, and the first book I ever read in 1998 that took me off the learning journey of, of studying um, leadership and teamwork that took me into this new world was called synchronicity the Inner Path of Leadership uh, by Jowalski. So I, I, went, I started a deep dive into uh, 
Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra and, and the like. So I got really into to that side of it. Um, so, yeah, there, there was a lot of things lining up. Um, for instance, one of the first things that happened when I joined Polypipe is I played a part in helping the, the business consultant, Paul Hollingworth, to work for Polypipe. And we set up something called the Continuous Improvement Partnership, which lasted a couple of years. Um, and that was really successful. And we took, we did what we've done at, um, at Marshalls and what I'd done at Securicor and took the company through uh, a massive culture change program, which involved the coaching. Um, I really um, was doing some of the facilitation, but I wanted to really be doing the full-time coaching and the program that I'd got. So I decided to, to leave Paul um, and, and go solo. And that, that was a very difficult, uh, very, very difficult conversation because I owed this guy so much because um, I'd learned so much from him. Um, and right, what we're going to do now, we're leaving that partnership, let's join the NI. I met a guy called uh, <laughs> Business Networking International, who we all uh, listeners have mentioned him and, and uh, speakers. And I met a guy called Neri who runs the northern side of, of BNI. And he, he thought, oh, another one of these guys would want to be this new occupation called coach. Um, and then he found out I'd actually had a job in corporate at, at senior level. And it's like, oh, right, this is a bit different. So it was like, Tim, you're sat on a gold mine. Join the BNI. He said, I've got some great ideas. You can say, I help people go ups. I'm Tim Downs. I thought, all right, we'll, we'll skip that one. <laughs> so I joined um, Coward Park Pioneers, um, and, and I, I nearly left after two years because he wasn't working that well. I had a leaving due planned, and then, again, this, this, this uh, knowing said, no, don't leave yet. So I ended up doing three years, um, and that was during the recession the credit crunch recession. And I watched, um, at one point I got 80 grand in the bank and I just watched it go down to four grand. And I went to a BNI conference as a guy called Andy Bounds who wrote the jelly effect. Um, and he said, look, give me, give me two K and I'll give you 10 K back. And I was desperate. So half my four grand went to, went to him. He put me in touch with, Damien Thompson, who is his head of training. Damien came here. My dog, who had got then shaded at the Lakeland, sat on his shoulder. It's just, just, shady had never done this before. And it was like Long John Silver with the parrot. I thought, this dog can pick people. He loves this guy, so I'm going to trust him. And he really taught me how to sell. And it was the Andy Bounds way. It was um, finding out what somebody wants to have after they finish working with you. Mm -hmm. and uh, talk to them about that. So it was easy for me because I was holistic. I wasn't a life coach. I'd, I'd done business consultancy, but I wasn't a business coach. I was a holistic coach. If whatever you want help with, I can, I can help you. We can't go into really serious level therapy um, I, I mean, we, we go into it a little bit because if I didn't, you know, if I just said I'm not going to work with any clients who've got any signs of stress or depression, I won't have had 470 clients, you know, mm. <laughs> they just would be about four. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, I, and I, don't, I don't give people um, advice where to, um, you know, invest their money. But other than that, everything else is fair game. Mm. So, um, what happened? was I went to see the glam band uh, Mock the Hoople, who were famous for having a number two hit with all, all the young huge, which was uh, written to them uh, for them by David Bowie. Now, David Bowie's interested in my story because if people want to know what my program's like, it's Ziggy Stardust, which is actually what I call my new dog, my cock cockapoo. And what do I mean by that is Bowie took um, the Velvet Underground, Lou Reed, Iggy Pop, and created Ziggy Stardust. And that's what my program was. It was the best of all the stuff that I found. If you really dig in it now, I've improved it every year. You'll find bits of Chandler, bits of Tolly, you know, that bits of uh, Diamond. They're, they're all in there, all, the, all these people. Um, so 
what happens around the time of seeing Damien, um, I remember, um, yeah, so we went down to see Mott the Hoople and my mate had just bought Ellen Brewery and I was a big lover of, of uh, real ale back then. Uh, I love craft beers as well now, but I used to, um, and in fact, I've run a, uh, co-run a local beer festival for 10 years. Um, so we were pretty excited because my best mates just bought our favorite brewery, Ellen, Ellen Brewery in Yorkshire. And um, what happened was that we're massively, me and my best two mates who I've known since 1962, Smith and Rob, uh, are talking about this brewery. I've, I've had to turn him down because the 5K I was investing is during this crash. So I had to pull out okay. buying the brewery. Um, and they're all excited about it. And I'm sat there and my business is about to crash. Rising talent is no longer rising. And it, mm. it is, it is <laughs> kaput. And I'm not even telling them because I don't want to spoil my mate's magic moment. Um, and then the phone rings. I'm talking about uh, Dominic stuff. The, 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 the phone rings. Um, and it's this guy called Adam. And just before that, I'd reached my lowest low. So I'd gone in. My business is going to crash. My best mate's bought my favorite brewery in the world ever, and I'm not part of it. Uh, and it's the reunion of Motley Hoople, and we're in Weatherspoons, not my favorite food, I must admit. Right. So we're just going to wet Weatherspoon breakfast. <laughs> and I bought this beer called Orkney Dark Island, this black beer, and it, I thought it ch- tasted slightly sour. So I asked my mate, who'd, who had run a brewery, a little brewery, um, who got bought the brewery, what he thought of it. He said, yeah, it's, it's just about on the turn, is that? So I said, can I change it for what they're having? And I left this. Orkney Dark Island on the bar. Uh, and I'm sat there thinking, here I am in Weatherspoons. My mate's just bought my favourite brewery. Oh, there's that beer on the bar. He's not throwing it away. And I went up and stole a sour <laughs> pint of beer. And I went, no, that is the lowest moment of your life. And then the phone rang. <laughs> just after that um so i put down my sour beer and i went outside and it was adam he says i've been talking to this guy called andy and he says um he's told me about what you've done for him and what's happened to his life he said well should i ring him Andy?" he said yes ring him now and, it, and he rang me up and uh told me about this young guy who he wanted to fast track develop into a really mature and seasoned um national sales director and I remembered everything Damien had taught me and I sold up and got two clients I used to do this deal back then where if you did two you got the second one at a better rate so I got two people and that was the lifeblood and then not long after that me and Damien went for a drink and even before we bought a beer I said to Damien, if you had your own business and you weren't working for Andy Bounds, what would you call it? He says, I don't know, but the second name would be Results. He said, that's what I'm thinking. And he created Clear Results because he got let go by Andy Bounds. And on the 1st of, I think it was the 1st of April, on the same day we both started on the same day, he created Clear Results. And I'd watch my favourite singer-songwriter, T.V. Smith, who was in the punk band The Adverts, who had a hit with Gary Gilmore's Eyes in 77, um, he was singing a song called True Believers because I've been looking for this word and uh, I thought of it inspiring was the word and then one of my clients Richie McCann whose mother was the first victim of the Yorkshire Ripper and he's now a top um, internet, uh, inspirational speaker and number one best-selling author he he took inspi- <laughs> uh, inspiring results as his uh, business title mm. But True Results was born then. And so really my, my business is, is about authenticity and it's it's called True. Results is the word I do use to get business. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think one of the things I'm seeing about you is, um, it's funny because even before we started recording, we, we you briefly mentioned something about commitment. And um, we were having a lighthearted conversation, by the way, just, to, um, just for the record. But... Um, yeah, it, but I what I see throughout your story is it, it looks like well you are definitely committed to be on this path, but I'm I'm curious like what's what's the mindset behind behind that because commitment can look like okay I am doing this, or it can just be a simple 
yeah, I'm doing this. You know, it's like, okay, this is this is the direction that I'm that I'm going in. So I'm kind of curious because the other thing that um, I'm going to I'm kind of spill the beans on you now, Tim. But people who are on Facebook may have seen as well is that after our conversation in and, and initially connecting and talking about you coming on here and because so interested in your story, I think there's so much in this for people. Is it looked like I kept seeing these comments and likes appearing over all of these previous episodes of this podcast and it looks like there's this guy that I invited <laughs> to come on my podcast and he's he's gone away and listened to most of them if not if not all of them so I'm, I'm really curious like what's that what's that about I um I was just reading in um a wonderful new book that I didn't bother getting because you know it, we, I'll mention Prosper's Coke shortly but there's this book by a guy called Steve Chandler, Steve Chandler called yeah. How to Get Clients. And it's fantastic. This book is awesome. I, I nearly didn't buy it because I've got his book about, you know, 37 ways and prosperous coach, <laughs> joyous selling. I thought, I don't need to get this one. This book is awesome. And it's just pure Chandler, lots of stories and everything. Absolutely love it. And he talks about, in a nutshell, he says that true commitment is when it happens. And when it doesn't happen, it's an intention. Now, I had an intention to listen to a lot of your podcasts. My true commitment was to listen to them every day. Actually, with an hour to go, I finished. Um, once again, it was poor old Dr. Amy uh, Johnson that was last, but which is what happened on my three principles journey. So I still <laughs> haven't read the uh, big habits book yet. But um, I absolutely loved that talk with uh Dr. Amy Johnson, I, I'm a fan now. I have to listen to that. Yeah. And uh, that was the last one. That was number 89. So I've, I've listened to them all. And I've absolutely loved them. That Any would-be coach should just plow your way through the whole lot. Um, absolutely loved the stories. Loved it. Thank you. Yeah. Absolute joy. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and again, what I'm sensing, I'll add my narrative here, is that I just see somebody who is into it like really into it like this is this is like your passion this is what you're interested in this is what you are you are living this yeah it is it, you know it is what i am totally about i absolutely love um serving people when i was in bni they had a, a concept you may have heard of called givers game tim tim didn't play that game <laughs> i played lift to give and you know every Nearly every, I don't know how many times I got these little uh, award things for get, giving the most referrals and helping the most people. That is just what I massively did. And I, I learned so much about service, which is why I love Steve Chandler so much. I just learned so much about service. And, and Melissa Blackford with a wonderful book, Living Service. And um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's serving others from a place of love. And, and I, I, well, you know, and I know it's the best job in the world. And anybody else who's listened to this who is a coach knows that's the case. It's 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 absolutely wonderful. And I know absolutely for love it. yeah, and I know for me, I guess that, that I can notice a change. I don't know when it happened. It's like I didn't just suddenly notice the shift, but I just sometime notice. Oh, I I kind of do watch things and read things and listen to things differently. Like uh, it's it's no longer from, I guess, several years ago you know watching webinars and youtube videos from a place of like well i really need to know this like perhaps there's something missing here that's shifted from this genuine desire and curiosity i'm all about curiosity um is uh just this about learning more i guess um you know we don't we don't stop watching films just because we've watched one great film and that's it we're still continuing and and i really acknowledge you because you've been on this immense have immense immense experience and yes as you say hundreds and hundreds of clients and yet here you are reading this book with the title how to get clients <laughs> yeah yeah and learning loads <laughs> and still learning yeah just beautiful yeah. just beautiful so uh, i i also noticed about you is this um focus on the business aspect of coaching which i think um a lot of people myself included i would say in many respects uh, like i remember from our first conversation i did think 
had some of that self-judgment going on thinking oh my gosh i think i wing it a lot compared with this guy you know but i, I, I don't take that too seriously because it's not really true i do okay you know but um yeah I, what i what i pick up from you is very much a focus on the business of coaching and perhaps a business mentality can you can you speak to that a bit describe how that is for you yeah um when i was at stratagem i met david hall who was an entrepreneur of the year and we worked on insights and uh, the, the the color profiling and we used to work out what type salespeople were and what type entrepreneurs were and we did some, I, I bought his book and it, um, and in his book, it, it had four quadrants, um, driving the business, which was about strategy, uh, controlling the business, which is about your accounts and your admin, which my wonderful wife now does. She's been with me since, um, since 2015, she's the finance director again, very much a business, um, and she's the engine of the business that makes the whole thing work mm -hmm. so much more, more smoother now. So we had controlling, driving, selling, which was the art of creating clients. I love the word creation, creating clients. And then the other one was delivering, which was the coaching. And of course, most people going in coaching are just massively focused on delivering and then realize, oh, we've got to do some of this accounting stuff. Well, we've got a finance director and an absolutely uh, brilliant account uh, called Deborah Whitaker, uh, not just numbers, who's who's an ex-client who, as you might guess by the title of her business, is totally about service and not just numbers. And so what one of the things we did do as part of this business is create a team. So there's my Brighter Life chiropractic, where we do network spinal analysis. There's Helen, my... Uh, Iyengar yoga teacher, there's Damien Thompson of sales, there's my life coach, Andy Lee, there's my, uh, what I call executive coaching supervisor, Liz Ford, and then there's massively um, Leslie Carter, who's been my psychology supervisor, who's also an NLP and awareness coach, and I've been with her for 17 years. She's had a massive impact on me. Wow. So, like, so like a business, I've created a, a team, or like an Olympian, I suppose, one of the people I was breast with with working with when I was at Marshalls when I went on a event on the Oriana was Adrian Morehouse the gold Olympian uh, swimmer from Leeds and he did some coaching me, with me and helped me when I left so it was it's a bit like setting yourself up as an Olympian getting this team around you this because you're a business one of the things I've got from your podcast is uh, and the only person who mentioned this to me before was ironically that HR director who, who made me redundant, he introduced me to someone and said, this is Tim, and now he's a top entrepreneur. I went, I'm not an entrepreneur. And I realized listening to your podcast, oh, I am an entrepreneur because I'm not a solopreneur anymore. I'm, I employ my, my wife. Um, so it's it very much about seeing it as a business too. Uh, and it's massively about finding out the, the three key results that the customer sponsor wants uh, if there's one involved and the three key results that the client wants and that's within with the sponsor it's within their business targets they're not usually asking for that that's really interesting they're usually asking for things like qualities of character i want you to help them be more confident i want this guy to be more passionately committed um i get i get on with all my team except this one person mm -hmm. will you help me get on with them it's more things like that that they want and then we're asking the, the, the actual coachee or client, what is it you want in your life to create? What do you want to improve within your own personal qualities? And what do you want to um, have happen in your in career and business? And that blows them away because they go, whoa, work's paying for me to look at my life and my personal qualities? Uh, I'm in. <laughs> So, so, so interestingly, I was listening to you saying something about um, it's very rare we don't have connection with someone before we work with them. But loads of my clients are just plonked in front of me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I've never met them. And most go for it. Um, I can think of one 
only one that's coming to mind that didn't. Most of you go, they go, look, I've even had, look, you're just going to tell my boss everything that we discuss. I know that. You know that. That's what's going to happen. But hey-ho, I'd be an idiot to turn this down, so I'm going to do it anyway. And then he found out that wasn't what happened. Yeah. Um, so so you, you're very much looking at it as a business. I, the other thing in David Hall's book was he was very lean, and I adopted a very lean strategy, which I've never really stopped. And if I was to go back in time, one big change I'd make is I would get Steve Chandler as my coach. I am going to speak to him next week. That is my goal. So we will have at least have a com- another conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's. I, I'm running an, an a small, me you know medium enterprise, yeah. a small yeah. business. Yeah. So are you are you clients? Um, I heard you mention you know one name there, Polypipe. Do you predominantly work with? In organisation, so there is like a you know a coaching sponsor and then a and then a client. Do you do, you do yeah, I must say, work with um, unattached, if you like, on individuals directly as well. Unattached. I mean, when you look through the the, the list, there's all sorts because I was massively working with small small businesses um, during the BNI years and the recession. Um, now I mainly work for companies like SideRise, the technical uh, fire safety group of Pyroguard and Fireglass and, and Polypipe. They're the big three. But I've, I've got a, a wonderful client who's the son of a, a local coach in the NHS uh, who's currently um, learning to uh, be a ski instructor in, um, in Canada. He's having a whale of a time. So I absolutely love working with him. Um, and I've got some clients who, who finish the program and say, I, I want to continue working with you, but privately. Um, so I've, I've got all sorts of clients, but they, the majority are work. And my love, um, the technical fire safety group did a, did a, a program called Ignite last year. It's the most intensive leadership development program I've ever seen in a business. It was amazing. And I took six people who were, who were really seen as rising talent within the business who weren't on the board and took them through the program. And that was an absolute joy. And SideRise are doing pretty much the same thing this year with four, four um, females who were, who were just phenomenal. And I absolutely love it. So mm. it's, it, although I work with CEOs and MDs, it, it, rising talent is still the one that I absolutely love. And watching those people fly, it's an absolute, it's an absolute dream. And, and how are those people finding you by the way you mentioned having somebody work for you in sales as well but how, how, generally how are these how are these people finding you Every, everything is um well if you look at the, the the technical fire safety group which was originally just called pyroguard that was a referral um the um ceo was looking he'd got somebody who really rated he wanted mentoring he called it he asked the FD at Polypipe and he said, this is your man. So that was pure referral. I, I listened to the CEO talk about um, fireproof glass like I've never listened to anybody in my life before. Um, and, you know, I have a model called calming that I take people through, which is uh, the best of, of Hardis and Chandler and Litvin on one side and, and Andy Bounds and, and Damien Thompson on the other. Damien Thompson went on to write book called zero sell sale so i call it the art of uh, the art of coaching without coaching i think bruce lee would call it so it's how how do we actually sorry the art of selling without selling so how do we um and it and, and that's because it feels more like coaching which is why i made that freudian slip really if it, it feels more like i'm having a conversation than i'm creating a sale mm-hmm. and i take people through this process i won't go into all the detail of it but it's essentially connect surprise surprise ask and that and and that's where you get really curious ask listen match so that you you can have and show using stories i'm I'm a massive you probably work out storyteller and humorous storyteller like chandler so i will tell stories about clients uh and then we go into the eye which is the 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 real chandler and and litvin and hardis and stuff and, and uh, inspire where we create the client. We're looking at you getting over who you t- truly are authentically. Uh, we're looking at it, it's under the 
subacronym, yes. Because uh, Rich Lipman talks about hell yeah, so <laughs> hell yeah. Um, so it's you getting over the best of you authentically, giving them a powerful experience of what you do. So I usually share my most, uh, my favorite model that's the, that I thought I'd created until uh, I heard Dick and Bettinger and Michael Neal talk about my model. They've obviously stolen it from me. <laughs> um, uh, that's called Sky, that called Skywalker, not Skywalker. I don't want anybody to think I'm pinching anything from Disney. Um, and I, I share, I often share that with them, just give them an experience of what I do. And then it, the S is the, is the Melissa and Steve stuff of, of, of service. And then it's next wrapping everything up. Um, and uh, the G is, is in Yorkshire, shut your gob and go. Um, so <laughs> I, I take them through that process. Whenever I, fo I follow that process, I tend to create clients. Whenever I come off that process, it, mm. it doesn't go as well. It's mm. really interesting. Yeah, thank you for that. I, you know, I can see there's a lot of structure there, or at least systems. You know, you have systems in place, and that's it's only one thing I learned of Steve Chandler as well. Is like every system, Steve says, every system is perfect for the results that you get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Um, and I, I think uh, I'd just like to mention another uh, another thing I got from your podcast, actually. You just reminded me mentioning systems that I was I, one of my favorite people to listen to is Karen Davis. And mm -hmm. I enjoyed Alex email as well. And she mentioned this book called How to Get the Most Out of Coaching. I thought, yeah. what a brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, so I, I found out reading the back of How to Get Clients that it's actually rele uh, released. So I've been in touch with Karen and several other people in you, that you've interviewed and I've just bought a book and I've rather than I haven't had a chance to read it yet but I've given it to my uh, four um, new clients that I've got that I just mentioned earlier and they, they're just going oh we'll get it and read it anyway and we'll just we'll just yeah. go for it yeah. it's a book about helping a client to understand how to be a client wow mm. wish I'd have had that mm. when I yeah. starting yeah. with all my coaches amazing yeah Tim, let's let's talk about um, that that which must not be spoken about, <laughs> which is fees. Now, I'm not going to ask you to, to to mention any of your own numbers. I appreciate like some confidentially around that and what have you. But I know, particularly like in my own coaching life, but also from you know other coaches that I, that I talk to and the couple that I work with, um, it's going to be a very contentious area, very emotive. A lot of energy around this, a lot of um, insecurity, a lot of unknown, trying to really fathom what's the right fee. And I, and I think really that's that's probably the ultimate question, isn't it? Well, okay, what's the right fee for this? And I know when I've worked um, with clients, I've got a couple right now that, yeah, they're, they're sponsored, so their employer pays. That's, I do charge a different fee to if it's somebody that, depending on their their um individual circumstances if i'm working on with them personally and they're personally paying it's generally a different fee and there's quite a range and i was speaking about this exact subject with a friend a couple of weeks ago and um i agree there can be lots lots of um there's infinitely number of ways of doing this and uh, mm -hmm. she said you know she has a she knows of somebody who just like all the work they do they just price it at 500 pounds an hour or maybe 500 dollars an hour not sure it's like so it doesn't matter who it is they just work out okay if i'm putting a program together i'm going to do this number of hours and i sense like oh okay so i do have like i've got a couple of clients perhaps where i'm around that mark um and then and yet there are others that are way 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 much less than that if we look at it on a hourly basis so how does that all work out for you? Yeah, I, I, um, I was blessed because I'd left Marshalls as a, as a very experienced coach. My, my hours were, you know, I found out when I met everybody else were extremely high. So I was able to start because, because my, my second ever coach after Sangeeta was called Sandra and she, um, she was charging me £35 an hour for life coaching and her and her husband went online and looked at how much all the coaches were charging. And she went, this is disgusting. I'm going to bring it down to £25 an hour. And sadly, you know, a year later, she's back working in mm -hmm. HR. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you can start at that level, but you have to 
raise raise it or you just cannot run a business like that um, people have got to understand about profit you know i think a lot of people just talk about turnover and we're running a business here so i have a set rate um that is there's a rate for a, a for a a private client there's a, a rate for a um solopreneur there's a rate for an sme uh, that's small an sme that's medium and a large business and it's scaled up and there's two rates within that one is if you pay up front because i usually sell the the first 21 hours of the entire program uh, as a starting point um and because it's now seven steps and it used to be three hour session that's where 21 came from i've never really okay, changed yeah. it so they either pay for 21 hours up front or they pay monthly but if they pay monthly they pay more and it's it's as straight as that uh and and because it's a business i send out an inflation increase every year so i'm not one of these i have done the Let's look at Steve Chandler and everything and go through the Prosperous Coach stuff because that that was massive when that arrived. When the Prosperous, yeah. when the Prosperous Coach arrived, when um, I was in business in Yorkshire Group talking to a guy called David Taylor, who again you've had on here, and he said I've got two great books for you: the Five uh, Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni, which massively helped me with my True Team workshops, and this one called the Prosperous Coach. And I read that uh, and I, I packed in everything I was doing that wasn't working because they were so right. I knew they were right. <laughs> um, packed in everything else that wasn't working, the marketing. I did some advertising in a local magazine. All of it stopped. Twitter, I, they said, you don't have to be on Twitter. Yes, I'm off Twitter. And then I go to the group and they say, join our group. We're on Facebook. I thought, well, I'm not on Facebook. Bloody hell, you've got me out of Twitter. And I'm on bloody Facebook. So um, that book just showed me everything that Damien Thompson, Andy Bounds and people like that and Stratagem had showed me that worked. And I just got rid of all the rest. I was going to start writing a book on, on the, what I now call the True Results Programme. Um, and I, it was connected to my, my novel, Seven Lightstones, which is one of the names I tried out for the programme. Um, and, and I, I, the, the thing I, I call myself, by the way, when I'm going through the program is a true potential guide. So I have two titles I use mm. other, and hardly ever use M managing director, but it's there officially. But I'm either an executive coach when I'm coaching people or I'm a true potential guide when I'm either facilitating workshops or more often one to one taking people through. The program so they all know exactly where it is one thing i do that's weird that probably a lot of people a lot of coaches are going to do you know what i give people my hourly rate that is one difference that i do differently mm -hmm. to everybody yeah. else and yeah. i do that so that i mean i'm going through a massive culture change with a business at the moment i'm helping them with that culture change and and working with all the board and then all these rising talent and I've just said to her, here's a schedule. Here's my hourly rate. You can work out every penny you're spending on me so you know exactly where you are. There's no photoshopping. There's no, this is just it. That's the number. It's gone up this year because uh, we, put, we put the price rises up at um, 1st of December. It's gone up. This is the rate this year. You know exactly where you are. Nobody's going to be saying, oh, we've gone over budget or anything because I'm just yeah. totally transparent about it. And that is what most people would say, don't do. But it works for me. And the <laughs> thing that you get from listening to 89, the Coaching Life podcast, it is that every single coach, and they are amazing people that, that you interview, and, and yourself, that, that amazing. And sometimes you interview yourself. And they are, <laughs> they are amazing. Um, amazingly different businesses and amazingly different people. Chalk, some are chalk, sometimes one after the other are just chalk and cheese. Yeah. Um, so, and that, you know, people are talking about regulation. Let's not, oh, let's be really careful what we're saying about that. I know there's a low bar of entry. And I know that every time I go to a coaching group, that the people who were there last time are no longer here. Um, you know, the, the person who massively helped me get started, which you could call my third coach, is Danielle Cantillon, a full potential group. And she helped me for nothing. Um, and, I, and I accidentally called her, ringing a client up called Danielle. 
and we connected and we had a conversation and I said, oh, you know, looking at these stats, Chandler's sort of saying there's 10%, make it and, and, and have a good salary that's equivalent to being a, a doctor or a lawyer. And there's 10% um, who, are, who get by, who earn the salary they need to live, but it's, you know, they're not particularly making a lot of money. And then 80% go by the wayside. And she yeah. said, Tim, it's 99%. The longer you've been in the game, I've noticed it's over the you know the uh, compared with you. Uh, well, I've been I've been um, charging for coaching since two thousand and five, but um, it became like my full time profession two thousand and eleven, and and really immersed. I definitely did wing it for the first few years, but then immersed myself in lots of training. And even since then, the trainings that I've had in two thousand thirteen, two thousand and fourteen, I see there's a fair number of people that have kind of fallen from the wayside but I also noticed that there's a there's a shift in me from the casual coach to the professional coach to being to being the professional coach and running a, a running a coaching business I just want to close that bit on the fee so I'm just going to throw this out there for the listeners because you know I, I get asked this question particularly around you know working with organizations if you're working of course it, there's so many variables here it's impossible to give like a, a, a numbers as a guidance, because there are so many variables at play. And I think it's super important that that fee just feels right for you in it at first off. Because if there's any kind of fear, fearful energy around that, it might sound a bit woo-woo, but I witness this, then that, that kind of seeps into into the into the conversation around around fees. Steve Chandler talks about being able to just state your fee as if it's your phone number. And I'm, I totally agree with that. And I would suggest if you work with an organization and, and you're quoting perhaps, you know, twenty, thirty, forty dollars an hour or pounds an hour, then you might not be taken seriously. But then if you're just starting out and you don't have lots of um experience, um, then probably you're not gonna get the thousand dollars an hour as a rate either. It's um there is that balance is about be being taken seriously. I think this is the, the people's fear is we want to be taken seriously but we don't want to price ourselves out of an opportunity. Yeah, I also think the other factor for me is is what feels fair. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they they need to understand that, you know, Timmy training course did his 50 courses and we all know how much you and I you probably spend more than me because I've been a bit lean. Uh, how much money we spent going you know I, I when I, I when I the thing I haven't mentioned yet that, that I'd like to mention is I had a, a learning partner when I was in the BNI years called Jenny Mumford who was the um, the top selling author of life coaching for dummies you know, she was a happiness coach so she took the life coaching slot and there is no executive coaching slot in BNI so I had to take business coach which wasn't a true fit um, and we went to see you know Eckhart Tolle da, uh, Dalai Lama um Deepak Chopra and then on the other side Tony Robbins and Lisa Power then Wealth Master we did all that stuff um and I think you, you've got to understand that all that investment and the, the, the hundreds of books that lots of these people have been on these podcasts have read at least you know Amy, Amy Johnson starting when she was 10 that was awesome yeah um they don't see how how much has gone into to that investment. You know, you're, you're living this. You know, listen, even listening to eighty nine podcasts in a month. You know, that that's crazy stuff. My, my wife, I, I told my wife, she just wrote back bonkers. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for doing that anyway. But thank you. I, I, I love to hear from people who are listening. I always always love to hear from people who are listening. Tim, I'm just also aware of the time. I know I think we're both okay with time, but um also aware of our listeners' time. I I want to ask you if if um yeah, a couple of questions I guess remaining. So what what would you like to be different? Or indeed perhaps what's what's the you the one challenge that you have going on at the moment? Um I, I'll tell you tell you two things. One is my biggest challenge that I've had, other than the the crash of the of the recession. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'll tell you my biggest um, I'll tell you my biggest challenge at the moment. So my biggest challenge I've ever had is that my happiness coach friend and the the author of Life Coaching uh, for Dummies committed suicide. 
and that just seems insane when I say it. Um, so that's the most difficult thing that I've uh, ever had to deal with. Um, and I used to just say to her, you know, I'm just going to hold, hold on to your, your shirt tail because, you know, you're, you're just going to be massive because of this book. Um, so that's the most difficult thing I've had to deal with and getting over that. So, you know, there are going to be knocks on this journey of being a coach like there are for everybody in life. Um, my biggest difficulty at the moment is um, I think it's about time to slow down a bit and I don't have to work every morning and afternoon because I, I, I follow, I very much follow that um, Chandler ethos of the blue collar worker, except I'm, all, I'm still a white collar worker, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm still, you know, I, I, I get up at 6.30 and I do the yoga and the meditation and the dog work and I start with the clients at 10.30 and I finish with the clients at six and we, I wrap up yeah. till 6.30 and I, I'm living that life. Yeah. I'm not one of these people who's going in, in cafes and stuff and I listen to some of you guys talking about it and I think I can I can do that more yeah. than I do. Um, so I, I think I need, it's time to slow down a little bit and um, just, get, it's one of the reasons why I'm drawn to everything that you say. It's, there's this beautiful book by Jan Frazier called The Freedom of Being at Ease with What Is. And what I love about you is you're at ease with what is, living life. And she sort of says in a book, because you, you, I've been a seeker for a long time, as you can tell. And this year it feels like the, I'm still loving learning, but I don't feel like I'm a seeker anymore who's seeking awakening. I don't know if I ever quite was, but her, she's awakened. And it feels like there's two books there. There's the freedom of being. Is this is what happens when you're Adyashanti and Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie and everybody, John Frazier, when you've awakened. But then there's this other book, which is at ease with what it is. And she said, but you might not awaken. In fact, statistically, you probably won't. Unless you have a near-death experience like Anita Marjani, you know. It doesn't happen that often. So why don't you just be at ease with what is and be more present? And I thought that's it. And that's why I, I, I really got drawn to listening to the coaching life because you've just got a, a, a beautiful voice, if I can say, and, and a beautiful way of expressing the love that you are. So I, I think the, the, the challenge is to just take it a bit more easy. My wife would certainly like me to take it a bit more easy, to be more in flow than um, an intense hardison type, you know, <laughs> to take him on with me. I don't have to be Tony Robbins or anything. Just, 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 just chill with it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, the biggest challenge. Thank you. And thank you for yeah your kindness there. I re- very much appreciate that. And, and I will offer to anyone listening as well, that it is much easier to fall in love with life when you slow down to the speed of life. So I'll just offer that. You um, block that. So finally then, Tim, that final question for you, what is the purpose of your, of your coaching? Well, my favorite phrase and, and one of my coaches, life coaches, um, Tilla, um, Tilla Brooke, she suggested I use this as the title of my book, um, Deep Shit in Plain Yorkshire. That, that's where I <laughs> differentiate from uh, the other... Uh, 85 people who you've interviewed and yourself a few times about. So my program is very much deep shit in plain Yorkshire. Um, my purpose um, is about, um, it's about, it's like those old fashioned Christmas cards and, and what those um, beauty queens used to say when I was a kid. It's, it's sharing love, joy and peace and the aware presence that we are. And it's, it's that I do what I love, I love what I do, and I love who I'm with. Um, and my own personal purpose is exploring with open curiosity, sharing what makes sense to share. And, and that's very much about nurturing within, still within myself, but within others, like these, these four I worked with this year, these six last year, um, this love of learning um, and, you know, We've got the best job in the world. I really, really mean that. Yeah. 
thank you for that and, and yeah thank you for being willing to come on here like i said it just found like it did feel like i'd, I'd found a unicorn you know somebody um, who's really just getting on with it and um you know it's it's there's so much in here i think this is one that i'm going to go back and listen to again for sure there's if if um listening to your story and i invite people if you've listened to this once and you've got to this far go back and listen again but also listen like beyond what's being said here there's a there's a level of interest commitment passion um in tim which i is is, is truly inspiring so thank you tim thank you thank you I'd, I'd like to thank you and i'd like to thank all the people that i've mentioned uh, that have helped me along the way my, my uh, particularly um, my favourite three authors, uh, and, and my wife who's helped me with the business, uh, but my favourite three authors are Steve Chandler, um, Eckhart Tolle, and um, the wonderful Claire Diamond. Yeah. I would like to thank them. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Coaching Life podcast. I'd love to know what are you taking away from this conversation and how will you use that? Email us at coachinglife at philg.com. I've been having coaching conversations and coaching people for over 30 years and have been coaching professionally, being paid as a coach for over 16 years. If you'd like to explore having me in your corner and as your mentor in building your practice and your prosperous coaching life, my six month Coaching Life Unleashed program may be perfect for you. It has just four openings each year as I only work with two other coaches at a time. Drop me an email if you'd like more details or to set up a call to explore to see if this highly personalized intensive coaching and mentorship program will be a fit for you in creating and developing your prosperous coaching life. And finally, if you're enjoying these conversations, please share them with your friends and your community and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. It makes a huge difference in helping other people like you get an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. I wish you much love, prosperity, and joy. Thank you.